Catherine just liked this post that came up on the Night Vale Citizens thing. Oh, yeah? New urban fantasy theory. Walmart hires vampires. This explains why it's open 24 hours a day, why working there is often described as soul-sucking, and why there's almost always no windows. (laughs) Most damningly, Walmart is one of the few stores that specifically hires a greeter with no other job than to welcome every person into the store. Because Mm. vampires have to be invited in. And I'm like... Makes sense. Mm, Makes sense. It there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I really got it. Oh shit. Yeah. I'm like that makes a little too much sense. Thank you for listening to Comic Issues, your favorite geeky podcast full of rants, ramblings, and ravings. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. Along with me is one of my... <laughs> it's, it, was, it was nice that you were trying to multitask there. I really do admire that. I would have just been like, oh, fuck it. Never mind. Almost. Thank you for listening to Comic Issues, your favorite geeky podcast full of rants, ramblings, and ravings. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. Along with me is my co-host and one of the greatest geeks in the world. Elizabeth Wallace. Boom shakalaka! Yeah. Oh my God, guys! Um, it is uh, it is blistering hot in the Southern California area. Though today was better. Today is actually uh, way better. Yeah. Uh, you could breathe outside. Yeah. It did not feel reminiscent of uh, the 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 twin sun system of Tatooine. Nope, nope, nope. I even mentioned to Catherine. I was like, Oh my God, it's hot here! And she's like, Really? How hot is? It? I'm like, It's in the 90s. She's like, Oh wow, you actually mean it? Because most of the time, I'm like, It's so hot. Really? How hot is it? It's in like low 80s. She's like, Go to hell. There's <laughs> North Carolina hitting the hundreds all the time. Really? Sorry, Catherine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and then it's they like got that humid too. Oh yeah, it's walking out like somebody just draped a wet blanket over your back. You're like, Bleh. so yeah. But no, this week I'm serious. It was hot. It was yeah. It was for reals hot. Yeah. And now we're back into like the 80s. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure people out there are mad. Mm-hmm. Everyone like south of us, yeah. Arizona, yeah. New Mexico, Texas. Yeah. They're, they all have things to complain about. Uh, but my philosophy about weather and complaining mm-hmm. is that. Uh, the 90s and 100, it's hot to everybody. Yeah, it is. It is. And everybody has the right to complain. Yeah. No, Just like no. if it gets down into the 50s, that's cold. That is cold. Everyone has the right to complain. Exactly. doesn't matter where you live. doesn't matter if you have more better days than other people do. It's true. It's still cold. Though I have found, though... If you are complaining about the heat, just don't do it to someone who is currently hotter than you are. No matter what that's, it is, they yes. will always be like, no, I don't want to listen to you. Shut up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had a very uh, hot weekend here in uh, San Diego. Hopefully uh, it breaks. Hopefully it cools down, uh, preferably to a nice low 70s, as oh, I like to keep it. Uh, for next weekend... Uh, and our live show at NerdCon. Yeah, that's right. And Escondido, which Escondido, Escondido can get pretty toasty all on its own. It so we don't need any help from any kind of heat wave for that one. No, so let's hope no. for the best. Uh, but we'll still be out there. Uh, we got our show at 1230. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of all kinds of stuff to do. On, um, I believe the sign-ups open up this week. I haven't done it yet. And I'm going to be mad if I, if I miss my own opportunity. <laughs> but there is low karaoke. Like Loki karaoke? As in Loki hates you hosting karaoke at NerdCon this Saturday. You know what? As much as I am 
violently opposed to any kind of karaoke, I might actually poke my head in to watch that for five minutes and then get the hell out as fast as I can. So well, you, you can be in there for the five minutes that I'm going to go up there because I totally want to do that. Oh, I'm sure you do. I love me you some would, karaoke. You would want to do that even if Loki wasn't involved. I don't care who. <laughs> like, oh, karaoke. <laughs> still want to do karaoke. At a, yeah. a nerd con. Yeah, yeah I do straight. Yeah. Um, but there's actually, it's there's a lot of very cool stuff going on. And we definitely want you guys to be there. Our show's at 1230. Uh, doors open at, I believe, 10. Um, tickets are like $20 for uh, for an adult. Yeah. It's it's an easy price to pay for a lot of the awesome stuff that really like that L.A. gets. I'm, no, I'm seeing a lot of um, cosplayers and entertainers from L.A. are coming mm-hmm. down here. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, uh, my sister, who uh, her and her boyfriend, they run just a side company where they just sell stuff. It's like we saw them at Comic-Con one year. It's a lot of the anime trinkets, stuff. A lot of anime stuff, kind of things. You know, like the cutesy kinda, pa- plastic pastel colored things. They, you know? they kind of tailor to whatever convention they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they mentioned they're doing a convention in Escondido next week. I'm like, hey, I'm doing a convention. <laughs> it's strange how much stuff is going gonna, is gonna to be there. And I think it's... I, Really, I'm really honestly excited. Yeah, and it, uh, we said last week, it looks like it's going to be very well organized. These are not, this is not, you know, TumblrCon or anything. These guys really look like they know what they're doing. Yeah. 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 I would not be surprised if, if these guys have been running other conventions that we just Probably. didn't know about. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. They, they definitely pulled in some, some talent. Cool. Uh, as far as conventions go, I'm sure uh, because you're listening to this podcast, you have the internet, you noticed that this last weekend was D23, uh, the Disney... Convention of conventions. Yep. yep. Um, this is where, uh, I guess, Marvel Cinematic, the Marvel Cinematic Universe went because they weren't at Comic-Con. This is what we all assumed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where Pixar announces their things. And it's it's just straight up Disney. And it's been going on for a while, right? Yes. And I, I don't know if 23 is the number that there have been or if 23 has a different meaning to it. But okay. I know it, it's not always in Anaheim. Right. Which is why... It's kind of new to us. Got it. Well, it's also new to us because in past years, we haven't had the Marvel-Star Wars connection that we do now. Now, It's been less relevant. It's been dragged into our sphere of influence. So now we're like, oh, there's a convention that goes on. Now we care. Because I was like, was this like the first year for this convention? And you're like, no. (laughs) No. Sorry. It's been a while since it's been in Anaheim. Um, But, uh, so yeah, so... I think hands down the biggest thing uh, that they announced was that uh, Star Wars is going to get its own land right in both Disneyland and uh, Florida awesome. Dis- Disney World. Awesome. Uh, which, yeah, that's that's just what we've always been wanting, really. Honestly, if Harry Potter has a world, Star Wars needs a world, though. It's true. I might not have, if I was still bummed out about the prequels. I might not have agreed with that, but now everything I'm seeing, I'm like, yes, all the enthusiasm, all the excitement. We need a world of our own in Disneyland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like for the longest time, it just seemed like, okay, well, let's turn Tomorrowland into Star Wars Land because now you could, you could easily make the leap because it's still kind of a future land mm-hmm. and there's still ships and lasers and sure, things. Sure. But then you would lose Tomorrowland. Yeah, I, I think- was... Yeah, I think Leland was the one who was saying there's such a nostalgic value attached to Tomorrowland. I don't know that they could let it go. Pity about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the movie wasn't good. (laughs) I know. If if you wanted to impress Tomorrowland, you should have made a better movie. (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. But Oh, well. Um, But it it seemed like, okay, well, maybe we just put more Star Wars in there. Because Star Tours 
since day one has always been awesome. Oh, the yes. the old Pee Wee Herman uh, version, the new C three PO, it's all been really fun. Um, but just there was a Pee Wee Herman version. Yeah, before currently. Hmm? Um, well, it wasn't Pee Wee Herman. It's Pee Wee Herman. He was he voiced the old droid. Oh, I wonder because the last time I went to Star Tours was probably twenty some odd years ago yes, that in was... Disney World. So that the guy doing the voice was. I'm assuming it's the same both ways. because it was like a little funky little droid who kind of yeah. ended up being a pilot by accident and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, okay, I remember that one. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was Paul Rubens. Be darn, yep. huh? Cool. Yep. Um, it's it's always been great and kind of like a real staple to Tomorrowland. Yeah. So now we're gonna get uh, a whole new, assumably all fourteen acres that Disney just bought, um, fourteen acres of Star Wars land. Man, Disney is gonna just take over the entire like from there up until the sea, aren't yeah. they? I mean, my I was, God. I was having a conversation with my family uh, last weekend. At what point do you think Disney becomes a monopoly? Like is, uh, that's a good question. I don't know how any of that works because I'll hear about so and so just bought so and so, and I'm like, yeah. this has got to make them a monopoly. But I guess there's still like Universal Pictures is still separate. Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Universal, is still separate. Yeah. Fox is still separate. So yeah. they're not they're not there I yet. Not, but, but yeah, you're right. You're right. But then again, like I thought a monopoly was only when it came to like terrestrial goods like you couldn't monopolize a railroad because there's limited resource right but in entertainment technically i kind of feel like there is there's unlimited resource in entertainment yeah i think as long as you can find options elsewhere for what you want to watch but i don't know i mean it wouldn't be fair though if they were like well there aren't any good options because you know like fox makes them all like fox and sony make crappy movies and they're like well that that seems a little mean but yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i'm not i'm not a lawyer (laughs) i don't know how that works they're still like making movies to the scale of any disney true true yeah if for some reason disney was actually preventing other people from making good movies if they somehow owned too much of I don't know, they the hired film developers. They hired all the actors and all the directors. <laughs> yeah, they're all and, yeah, yeah. That, I, that I would guess, count. But what's what are the odds? I guess know? the resource is people. So yeah. if Disney started exclusive contracting people, yeah, I guess then and then that's only if I'm actually correct in saying a monopoly only pertains to physical resources, like controlling too much physical resources. I guess, but you know, you've got like like Time Warner and other like cable digital companies and Cox and whatever. I mean, yeah. they could possibly get a mon- monopoly if nobody else could ever buy anything else but those guys. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't my- if, Hey, if you're a lawyer, write in <laughs> yeah. and tell us. Explain but use this. small words if you and, don't mind. And, yeah. and, and explain it uh, with Marvel and, and DC Yes, and stuff. exactly. Yeah. And if you so, send so pictures as well, that'd be great. A graph so would be nice. The graphs are awesome. I like PowerPoint them. Presentation works I like well. a chart from time yeah. to time. That's always good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Venn diagram. I am too. I don't know if it works for this specific conversation, though. I but bet it could. If you could, yeah, sure, throw one in there. Multiple ones. In yeah, there. exactly. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Star Wars Land. Uh, they announced the cast for uh, Rogue One, um, the Star Wars Episode Four prequel, mm-hmm. where they go in for the plans for the Death Star. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Um, they released a new poster for Force Awakens that shows uh, Finn holding a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So that seems pretty much uh, a given. Yeah. Although Finn and the girl who I can't remember who her character's name is. It's um, either Ray or Faye. I can't remember. I think mm, it's Ray. 
That sounds more familiar. Yeah, I think it's Ray. Uh, their names haven't been released yet, okay. and apparently that's on purpose. Oh, really? Their names are going to mean something like once their, it's out. Their last, their last names? names. Their oh, characters' yeah, last names. Yeah. I guess if they go out and they just say Ray Solo, we'd yeah. be like, hey, that's a Ooh. thing. I think I know what you did there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, it's all going to come together, and it, it's cool that we get a little, but still we have not even come close to being spoiled. No, and I don't, I'm not, I'm definitely not one of those people that seeks out all of the leaks and all the stuff, but I mean, there's the internet, a lot of times the knowledge it's just, just smacks happen. you in the yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. I heard about an interview with her where she may have dropped something, but I'm not going to say it in this podcast because maybe it'd be a spoiler and I'm not going to pass on spoiler information. We're not going to be those people. No, we're not. Spoilers come later when we talk about comic books. <laughs> but if you want to be spoiled, look up the actress's name and how she dropped something in an interview. Yes. It wasn't a big piece of knowledge, but it was a piece of knowledge. Also, apparently, uh, I think like Target is selling the toys too early. So oh, yeah. there are things. Did anyway. You, did you know um, Smart and Final has, um, no, Big Lots. Big Lots has Halloween stuff already. Um, it's August. Is yeah. it a little early? It is. Okay, it is. Shocking. And like even even me who, who like I like I like Halloween. Yeah. Um, and and I do complain when like Christmas shows up before Halloween. Oh, definitely. Um, even I would say like Maybe August feels least... too soon. Like Halloween is a is a it's a big holiday. Yeah. But it's not. Two months early. Big. No, no, yeah, exactly. Let's wait until September, maybe. And of course, walking into, walking into a store and it's ninety degrees outside and seeing Halloween stuff, I'm like, yeah. well, I don't care. Fall yeah, leaves so and pumpkins. Something oh, a pumpkin Ugh. can't live out in the out in the wild right now. <laughs> and I know we're in Southern California and the rules are different out here, but still, it's too early because <laughs> we don't see seasons. No. We just know when the calendar changes exactly. what season we're supposed exactly. to be in. Exactly. Yeah. The season the rest of the we country have is seasons. In. They're just really subtle. Yes. <laughs> In a range of 20 degrees. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's totally fine. That's acceptable. Yeah, it's fine. We live in a nice area of the country. But you know, we pay fucking a lot of money <laughs> to really, live here. We really do. If I told you what our rent was, you probably still wouldn't care. But, a you lot, know, it's, a it's, lot of you might shit yourselves. Yeah. Or be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Not as expensive as San Francisco, though. So. True. Yeah. I guess... In California, we're still doing pretty okay. We're all right. So uh, we tried to make you feel better, and then we took it away. <laughs> we're doing just fine. A lot Yay. of give and take. A lot of back and forth. That's right. playing around with you this podcast. That's, right. That's okay. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So all that uh, very cool. Some Marvel stuff. Um, nothing that we've actually seen. If you weren't at D23, um, the the videos at the show and have not surfaced. There apparently was footage of uh, Civil War. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, said hello, and he's excited to play Doctor Strange. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, it on that front. All the Pixar movies sound cool. All the Pixar, sure. Yeah, yeah. Incredibles 2. Like, finally. Finding Nemo 2. Finding Dory. Okay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I like Pixar. I'm all good. That's uh, fine. I'm, I respect Pixar. Mm. I don't salivate at their movies. I wouldn't say I salivate them, but I have yet to see one that I didn't like. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so as far as uh, the comics, guys. Yeah. Uh, the stack is thick today, and uh, we said last week Secret Wars Five is coming. The other end of this eight issue series. We're here on number five, and um, answers answers have been brought to light. Things yes. we've been asking since the beginning. Primarily, what's up with the with Beyonders? Yeah. What happened? We are given a little bit. We're given at least the outline? 
Yeah. The, the, the animatic of kind of what happened, enough, the breakdown. Enough to think that we might get a little more. Because mm. before, I'm like, it almost feels like they're going to be like, and then Doom defeated the Beyonders, and that's it. And I'm yeah. like, wait, wait, back back up just a little bit. They have backed up a little bit. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the, the, the book kind of begins with the, the memorial for Stephen Strange, who we saw Doctor Doom eviscerate uh, for doubting in Doom. And thwarting him, you know, sending yeah. all the people that Doom was going to destroy, he sort of spread them all to the four winds because he knew that Doom would kill them and that Doom would probably regret it. I forget how he said that. He said something like, I am serving you, I knew you were going to kill him, and I sent them away. Yeah. And um, Doom didn't buy it. I kinda, it kind of seemed like Maybe Stephen was just kind of getting tired of all this. Yeah, yeah. Like, just the 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 veil, although I don't think he was affected. Uh, you, I remember you said that you think he's at least a little affected. Just, a little, just to give him any kind of loyalty to Doom at all. I mean, even if Doom is the reason why this whole world exists, it's Stephen Strange and it's Doom. He's a good guy and Doom's a bad guy. Doom, exactly, yeah. yeah. And... and and not just that he was on Doom's side, but he just seemed to be so buddy-buddy with him. That's the thing that got me. Yeah. So I felt maybe a little bit there. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so he doubted, he thwarted, and then he got exploded. Yeah. So really the, the, the meat and potatoes of this, of this book is uh, the fact that we discover, I guess, the, the, the facilitator of how Doom has the Beyonder power. Because I think, hands down, that's that's what we have to believe. Yes. Is that he has all the power of the Beyonders, thanks to uh, a, a little, uh, you know, little little guy named the Molecule Man. Yep. Which, you're going to have to tell me who that is, because I don't know who that is. Uh, I know, because I just read the wiki. <laughs> Yay! Which I meant to do, but I didn't have time. Yeah. Um, Molecule Man is a character that I... I've heard the name, but I've never known who he was. Yeah. He's actually um, kind of far back character who kind of this hapless guy, Owen Reese, kind of a um, happenstance, gets these powers. His power is to control molecules, essentially. He right. can, at the, at, the, at the subatomic structure, destroy and recreate whatever he wants. So he's kind of... Nigh omnipotent. So he's definitely what they'd call an omega level. Yes. But yes. he's not a he's not a mutant. Though. Nope. Yeah. Um weird science accident. Got it. In uh atomic laboratories. Got it. Like I reading the wiki, I'm like, oh, this must be a Stan Lee creation because gotcha. of the, the explanation of his powers. Okay. So if you're if you're not born with your powers and you were born on the earth, you're not a mutant. That's how it works, right? But if you were born with your powers on the planet, you're probably a mutant? Yes. Okay. Pretty much, pretty okay. much. Yeah. Uh, it, the Molecule Man getting his uh, powers is kind of to the equivalent of a radioactive isotope biting him and giving him atomic powers. Sure. That's, yeah. That makes as much sense as anything pretty else. Much. Um, so pretty when you much. first heard his name, did you think of that one song? It was this in my head? I've had a hard time getting it out, but I know it's Particle Man. Oh, yeah, from They Might Be Giants. <laughs> so I keep sitting here going, Molecule Man, Molecule Man. Man. I'm like, nope, that's wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And um, now you guys are going to have that song stuck in your head. Boom. Uh, do you... I, I know we have a, we have a small age uh, difference. Do you see the Tiny Tunes episode that that song is the soundtrack yes, to? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, that's good. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't quite yeah. sure if you were yeah. aware. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Molecule Man actually has a history through the Secret Wars. He's been um, kind of a big part because his powers are so 
my omnipotent, um, that he's gone kind of from bad guy to okay guy, helping good guys out. He's never been, like, true hero. But he is kind of crazy, though. Um, He's crazy by the time this book comes around. Yeah, he's definitely crazy here. Reading the wiki, I didn't really uh, gather that he was real crazy. Um, Kind of a sad sack, actually, as as I read through uh, some of some of his background. Hmm. He's kind of that character that is kind of unconfident in himself, but has all this tremendous power. Like, Mm. I guess for a while he had this wand that he thought was. Con- was the source of his powers, right. but it wasn't. It was in him the whole time. Anyway. <laughs> really? They did yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, him and the Beyonders definitely have uh, have a history. Now, it's all very kind of... Um, I guess it's not quite Silver Age, because uh, The Secret Wars, I don't think, takes place in the Silver Age. But it's all kind of got a bit of that feel. So, one of the things they were saying was... Not only do we have an explanation of what's going on with Doom, we kind of have an idea of what was going on with the incursion of worlds. Yes. Is that the Beyonders, who are, what do they say, they have the, the same curiosity as cats. Yes. Always have to figure things out. So they were building all of these multiple worlds. Mm-hmm. and They were building the uni- the multiverses. Right. And testing things out and running them as far as they could. And then they figured they'd gone as far as they could. And now they wanted to see what happened if they smashed them together. So that's yeah. pretty much what was going on. It's just the Beyonders were like, eh, I'm done with this. Let's just break all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in a very mm-hmm. creative way. So sure. um, all of the Malakumiam backstory is kind of up in the air. Uh, because as Secret Wars explains to us, the Beyonders created the Molecule Man. Right. And there's a Molecule Man in every multiverse. Right. Because he is the bomb that will destroy every multiverse. Right. Right. So I guess at some point, um, Doom, I guess, figures out the Beyonders plan. Right. It'll probably link back to when Doom actually had the Beyonder power in one of the Secret Wars. Okay. Um, it'll It'll probably link back to that somehow, because Hickman's definitely pulling from some old source material. Yes. yes. So, Doom, with the 616 Molecule Man, start traversing these other universes, killing all of the other uh, Molecule Man in what what they uh, describe as a primer to the detonation. Trying to take the edge off of what was going to be a multiverse simultaneous explosion. Right. Everything was going to be gone. It wasn't just one Earth into the next and this weird um, uh, combination of chain, this right. of planets kind of crushing it. Kind of a domino thing, sir. Yeah. But they also mentioned about how they created a bunch of black swans in order to defeat him. I That part absolutely went right over my head. I'm like, what with the swans now? So Yeah, I think that was definitely part of... Um, the Avengers, New Avengers run that Hickman was doing that we weren't reading. Okay. Um, because you might recognize that character, yeah. that, that woman, that white and black. Uh, she is one that was on the other life raft oh. with Thanos and, and Ultimate Reed and those guys. Oh, well then that's going to be important then. So what I understand is um, that essentially it's a multiverse. Unknown how many other uh, worlds there were. I think they created the Black Swans, because we see an army of them, yes. to essentially take over the job of killing Molecule Men everywhere. Got it. So then, so while that's happening, mm-hmm. Molecule Man and Doom, uh, with the help of uh, Stephen Strange, who kind of comes in at this point, they start creating their own Molecule Men. Right. 
uh, as a weapon against the Beyonders. Okay. So this goes to the very first page of Secret Wars uh, in a scene that we're kind of familiar with where we saw Doom and Strange on just kind of a floating pad. Right. Talking into space, into this light, which we find to be the Beyonders. Right. Uh, and, it, like, the light says, who dares... The usual yeah, nigh-omnipotent speechy thing yeah. that they do. Yes. Who dares come to the wizard. Right. Uh, that is the moment where, I guess, the Molecule army men that they created get uh, released upon uh, the, the Beyonders, thusly killing the Beyonders, yes. and Doom thusly takes on that power, thusly. Right, right, right. Uh, there's a moment uh, in the flashback here in uh, issue five where a very panicked, strange, um, essentially looking looking the void in the eye, he blinks. Yeah. And turns to, to Doom and says, I can't, I can't yeah. do this. This is Because too he much. was having to pick out of all the incursions. This was the moment when pretty much the worlds were all ending. Yeah. And they were going to have to decide which incursions to save because they weren't going to be able to save all of them. Somebody had to make that choice and Stephen was like, not me. Can't Mm -hmm. do it. And so he left it up to Doom to do it. Uh, You were right. Um, As as I read it, Doom does seem to be exerting a constant will Mm -hmm. to hold this all together. Because towards the end of their conversation, Molecule Man and Doom... He, they're talking about like what if Doom goes, and if yeah. Doom goes, everything goes. Right. So Doom is definitely the linchpin, and I think it's I think it's definitely something he is constantly always doing. Right. Though I still thought that there was something beyond Doom. It seems like you're right True. on that one. I thought that there was some more that we were going to find out. I mean, it's comics. It could still happen. it could still happen. It could yeah. still happen. But you know, he's stolen the Beyonder's power. But I I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. I really thought there was somebody else sitting behind the curtain behind Doom. But it doesn't. I mean, Molecule Man is there, but he's not. He's not a puppet master. He's not a puppet no. master. No, he's this weird, crazy guy. He is pretty crazy at yeah. this point, and was upside down for the entire conversation, which pretty was an much. interesting. Yeah, he's just floating but, in space, but he just chooses to float upside down. So yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. it was very much a no ground to be seen. Yes. It's just kind of a floating void. Yes. Um, but yes. yeah, for some reason, they chose to constantly bend beyond opposite axes, which it's might nice. mean something later. Well, like, that's it, one of them artistic choices. It's also a nice way to just sort of just say, yes, he is not on the same plane as everyone else. He's he is pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But that was, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. And I think we only had one example of Asad Ribic doing his thing. It's on the page. Uh, who's he talking oh, to? Right. that dower face. Franklin. It's Franklin goes yeah. to put, like, flowers around the statue of Stephen Strange. He's like, you know, I'm going to break all of them into pieces. His mouth is like an upside-down you. Asad Ribic, <laughs> I, I worship your talent. I do. I think you're amazing. That one artistic choice really bugs me. I wish you would stop doing it. He is the grumpy cat of the battle Seriously. world. <laughs> I'm like, people's faces don't do that. Oh, that's okay. That's I'm, fine. I'm going to meme the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wrong last week. Last week I said um, Jerome Pena was the artist. It's a sad ribbon. You got it. Got him. So Everything else is just beautiful. Yeah, it's I mean, really beautiful. This, and this how, book just does not stop. How with. creepy is it that one of Reed Richards' kids calls Doom Daddy? This is yeah. very disturbing. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of another aspect uh, of the book. So uh, Doom's talking with um, Valeria? Valeria. Valeria. Uh, essentially 
setting her on the quest to find who killed Stephen Strange. Yes. Now, we all know it was Doom. Exactly. Uh, so I guess he just needs to keep her busy. Uh, I, I think and so. And he assumes she's just going to spin her wheels and not really get anything. Yeah. Now, she's way too smart yeah. to not eventually figure this and out. And she's already pushing at him just a little, because he said something, like she was asking questions, and he's basically like trying to blow it off. Yeah. And then she asks some more questions, and he pauses. He's like, eternal love is not the same thing as eternal patience. And you're like, eep! So yeah. he's, he, that was like a very, very quiet, subtle threat. Um, but yeah, she's, the veil is still there over, but she's going on her own way and telling all of her people, like, yeah, we're going to find this out, and I've got some other things I want to figure out. Yeah. And, yeah. It's it's interesting with her because, yeah, she's she's not questioning reality. No. She she doesn't seem to, to blink an eye at it, but her just her nature of being so inquisitive and just being so uber intelligent uh, that she sees the world completely different that you still expect, okay, she's gonna figure it out yeah. from the opposite end as every other character who is just grazing at the walls of battle world and yeah. like, what's this what's this she's coming from the inside and she's gonna find her way to to the other end. if you've got members of the carol corps who are starting to figure out that what is a star and why do the readings yeah. go higher than the sky and i'm not saying that any of them are dumb but then you compare them with valeria the control that Doom must have over the veil that surrounds her must be just like crazy strong, and she's still yeah. figuring this stuff out. It might have something to do with um, they're, they're, they're kind of the second half of the book is Valeria talking to her crew mm-hmm. uh, about the god particle, which is yep. Doom's power, and how it is centered uh, in Doomstad where the throne is, and yes. whatnot, where he is. Yeah, uh, she goes into conversation about how uh, Strange's power was essentially the inverted. Yes. Um, version. Yeah. And she sees a spike right where um, his last stand is and yeah. all that. Like, so this is, this is clear. She's clearly got a good lead. She knows on, he on did where, something with his last burst of power, and now yeah. she's going to figure it out. And she's assuming that Strange is the one who scattered uh, the, the other life rafters. Yes. Even though she doesn't know that. No. She's only looking at the empirical facts. Yes. She's so going to figure it out. It's going to yeah, be it's, ugly. Oh, I can you imagine? Every time he's talking about his children and they're calling him daddy, and then you see Sue Storm, who's obviously yeah. in love with him. Man, when that veil's lifted, they're going to be so appalled. It's going to be weird. And it's going to be weird because I'm sure Reed's going to see that <gasps> before. Oh, God, poor Reed, who's already... I mean, it's going to be it's going to be amazing because, you know, he's going to have assumed that she was gone. That drove yeah. him crazy. But then to see her and in love with doom yeah uh, reed's, that, reed's not going to come out of this without some scars really oh, no and not just his fingertips no no this is, god no this is going to be really nutty for that for that moment that ha- is going to happen and there's there's no we've got three more issues it'll happen at some point in the next three issues so. yeah Crazy. this book does not come out fast enough it doesn't it doesn't yeah. like we like we've been saying We'd be happy if if some portion of this lasted forever. Yeah, this has been such a great ride that uh, it, we don't want it to end. At the same time, we want to see how it ends. Yeah, you've got to see the ending. You have to see the resolution. So let's yeah. just resolve everything and then keep little pieces of this for us to play with for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know when the next one comes out. Could be four weeks. Could be two weeks. Could be six weeks. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it, it is just 
excellent on on every level. Mm-hmm. And when when we do a year end recap of all the books <laughs> we've liked, I don't know what could possibly beat Secret Wars. Just oh. just the Secret Wars book, not even all of the event. Just this book, you know. And that's the thing. I really like the Secret Wars book. I definitely like it. But I think I've liked the the few issues we've had of uh, Marble Zombies. I've actually yeah. liked it just a little bit better. Really? Something about the writing and the artwork and everything. Yeah. This book is like big and great and wonderful on an epic scale, but it's something that's really like just kind of touched my heart and really yeah. gotten me in all the quippy, sarcastic ways. Because you're just really following like, like just a small cast of characters. It's just the writing who... is just brilliant. I really like the writing on that yeah. one. It's really good. Yeah, well, That'll be interesting come December. Yeah, seriously. Will I still think that? We don't know. We've got a lot more things to come. Yeah. Um, switching uh, speeds. Uh, Batman forty three came out. Um, now forty two we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, and we see Bruce Wayne uh, in a uh, kind of community help center, and he's being called Bruce Wayne. Yes, people and seem to know he is Bruce Wayne, the yeah. millionaire. And it ends with Jim Gordon coming to Bruce Wayne. So it's like, okay, well. Then he must know he's Batman because Jim's Gordon to him for advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, all has been revealed. Uh, so again, guys, spoilers. Lots of spoilers on this one. Um, the weirdest thing has kind of happened now to Bruce Wayne. Now it wasn't. When I get this right out in the beginning, mm-hmm. it was not the Lazarus Pit because they mentioned car. They mentioned a chemical. And was that the yes. chemical the, the that Joker had been playing around with uh, in no. the books that I had not been reading? If I remember right, I think I think it is actually the Lazarus Pit. Okay, because I think the chemical in the Lazarus Pit, the specific oh. activator one, is the one they're talking about, which I think is also uh, in all of the um, the owls that oh, uh, we saw. Oh. That's where I recognize that ingredient from. Got uh, it. Is that was that's what was kind of keeping them. Got it. Alive. Got it. The uh, Dionysium. So yeah. probably related to Dionysus. That's oh, shit. Word. They were talking about that during Endgame um, because that was part of the... That was supposed to be kind of part of the chemical that was keeping Joker alive. Got it. Got it. Through the, the mythical, unstoppable, immortal Joker. Well, that's what it was. It just apparently the Dionysium, hope I'm pronouncing that right, got into his brain and healed it, but it basically gave him... Well, I'd say it gave him a whole new brain, but, you know, he can... It's not quite a whole new brain. No, yeah. because he, he doesn't have any memories of his childhood and everything, but he can still, like, form words and sentences yeah. and tie his shoes. So, you know, it's one of those selective amnesia yeah. things that you hear about. So, essentially, time. he's forgotten everything that makes him Batman. Yeah. He's forgotten uh, the night his parents were killed. He's yes. forgotten uh, 15 years of training. Yes. Uh, all, all of his Batman adventures, they're all gone. And... Alfred mm-hmm. started to tell him about his history, but yeah. pretty much got just as far as anything related to Batman itself, and Bruce stopped him and was like... I don't want to hear it. No, no. Yeah. It's, he's, he feels bad that these people died. It's not like he wants to have dead mm-hmm. parents, but that, he doesn't connect to it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's not him. So yeah. it's pretty much, I guess, as... as as amnesia-ish as a soap opera can get. Yes. As in like, oh, well, I remember how to do everything and yes. I don't have any problems anywhere else. I just... Just the things that pertain to my personality and yes. who I am. Those are the things that are gone. And then, of course, Nightwing is talking to Alfred, I believe. It is Nightwing, right? 
that uh, he was talking to, or one of the Robins? Uh, oh, in the car? Yeah. And in the Batcave? Is that Dick? No, that was Superman. Was it Superman? Yeah, he calls him Clark, like, once. Okay. This Capullo, yeah. sometimes, I don't, can't tell your people apart. Sometimes, you know, so it's every true. Once in a while. It's Sorry, true. Dude. I love me that Capullo, but... I do, I do, but I'm like, I could be any the, person with a strong jaw and nice-looking eyes, you know? It's true. So he's he's wanting Alfred to tell him, he's saying, you have to tell him, you have to tell him. Yeah, because the world needs... Bruce Wayne Batman. But then Alfred had a really good point. He doesn't have those 15 years of training no. anymore. If he he says put on it'd the be cowl, like a death mission yeah. or a suicide mission. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you can't tell him he's Batman now. You probably can't tell him he's Batman ever. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The way they're saying it, I don't know, we were talking about this before the podcast. It's like, you know, they've set it up pretty much so that Jim Gordon is the new Batman. Yeah. For now. Essentially, how I see it is. Um, Bruce Wayne uh, confirmed this is Bruce Wayne right. uh, has been found. So now no one can be like, okay, at any given last page of any given comic book, Bruce Wayne is going to appear and be like, time to get back to business. Right. Uh, because he's, he's right here. Now, although he hasn't denied the cape, it is very clear he is not going to be Batman. Right. Because he doesn't even know who Batman is I mean, in the sense of he doesn't. It's not in him anymore. We've said on this podcast before that if you took away the, the vendetta and the lust for revenge and everything, you wouldn't have Batman anymore. Yeah. It's true. There you go. You yeah. know, he's just Bruce Wayne, and the only innate thing about him is this desire to do good and help people out. Which and is still, like, a nice uh, place for, for that character, to, for Bruce Wayne to be. Yeah. Um, uh, fucking... Not Gordon... Jeeves shit Alfred Alfred <laughs> Brain fart Brain fart um, Alfred it's it's really I really like this conversation that he has with, with Clark explaining that Batman died Bruce Wayne died yep but he's been given a second chance and this second chance isn't just a second chance at life it's a second chance at everything he says this is Bruce Wayne's afterlife. This right. is his piece for all the good that he's done. You know, everything that he's done for the world, this this is his reward. Yeah. And to think about that, I'm like, wow, like, yeah, like, without the, the piece of death, this is about as close as you could possibly come to, like, a release. Yeah, yeah. To be like, I... I'm done. Now, I suppose you don't have the self-satisfaction of being like, mission accomplished. But you didn't need it. But you were never going to get it. You're Batman. Oh, yeah. Also That was never going to happen. But at least everyone around you has to watch you go out and get broken every night just to get back up the next night and do it all over again. Like, Alfred must have such a weight off his shoulders knowing... He never has to sew up another knife wound yeah. or patch up another another bullet hole yeah. into Bruce, a, a boy he raised. He even he said that when he was describing, you know, that when they found the body and he's going to pick up the body, but then it turns out he said, you know, he had come back to life and he says the words, it was my Bruce. This was the boy that mm-hmm. he could never save. And there he is. And of course yeah. he's not going to let anybody tell him he's Batman because this is all he ever wanted for him, you know, was to maybe live happy and do some good and not get the shit kicked out of you every night by bad guys who could murder your entire family. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. because it does further cement a longer longevity for Jim Gordon uh, Batbot. Or at least 
someone to be in the bat right. costume. And we know on the cynical comic book reader's sure. side, because we do read comic books, so we know how it goes. Not our first book. No. We know that Bruce Wayne is never going to be the Batman. You know, that's not that's not what it's going to be. He will one day return to being the Batman, because that's what readers would want. Eventually, Snyder will leave, yeah. uh, readership will go down, yeah. and they'll bring him back. Yeah, or maybe Snyder made the decision to bring him back. You never know. But, you know, it's uh, But on a story level, like if you take away that cynical comic book reader side and everything, they've set up it very logically for Jim Gordon to stay as the Batbot for as long as he wants. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I also find interesting is this final invention that uh, Alfred is explaining to to Superman. That was creepy. Yeah. That was really creepy. So I guess Bruce, although he never finished it, uh, and he could never quite figure it out, in secret to everybody was building a cloning machine Mm -hmm. that would clone a Batman uh, to the age of 27. Yes. With all of his Bat memories and Bat skills. Yes. So that the world could essentially chain link Batman. Yep. There would always be a Batman that Batman would always be Bruce Wayne and the same drive from the first one to the last one would be consistent. Right. And conceptually extremely creepy. It's right out of the prestige. You know, yeah, it really is like ugh. But also on a story level, that's gonna go somewhere. We're gonna see Yeah, something. you wouldn't bring up something that big. No, that. especially since it's even more of an interesting story since he didn't finish it, so any clones that come out of it will be flawed. If so. they go for it. But we also know Superman to be fairly intelligent, and he's got some alien tech, and he, he really wants Clark, or, uh, Bruce to be Batman. Like, he's really kind of pushing. I think it's not until Alfred pulls out the kryptonite ring yeah, and then explains about this other invention, Bruce stops just stops talking about it. He doesn't concede to the idea that yeah. Bruce Wayne won't be Batman. Yeah. He just stops insisting that this Bruce Wayne be Batman. Right. So I think that's the avenue that that machine is going to end up going. Oh, I would I would hope that it wouldn't I hope that we wouldn't do it so that it would be flawless because I mean that would be it would seem cheap, you know? It's like, look, we gave Bruce a happy ending, but you still get the Bruce Wayne you know and love, but he's a clone and then he'll go on being Batman. I'm like, ah, it would be a it would be a more brave decision to to make the call one way or the other. Have the original Bruce either never be Batman again or go back to being Batman. Uh, I'm kind of forced to bring up uh, the tenth Doctor and uh, the Doctor and Rose. Mm. You kind of got your cake and eat it too in that one. Yeah, but that's the Doctor. He could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let the BBC get away with that, but the DC, no, don't you do something like that. I will call shenanigans. Oh. Um. <laughs> That's a good point, though. Yeah. It would be. It's true. Um, it would be interesting, though, um, if Superman does go down that avenue. Mm-hmm. And if perhaps, because it's really weird. Granted, DC has said they're accepting the, the idea of multiple universes again. So not every book will sync up with every other book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that we have a Bruce Wayne, Batman, and Justice League... Who is now Bat God because he's sitting in the Metatron chair, um, and still the Bat Bot in the Batman book. If the bridge to that is this cloning machine, so that the stuff with him sitting in the Metatron chair could be in the future, possibly. Okay. I okay. mean, okay. time's kind of right. relative. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. It's a uh, comic book. Anything yeah, can fly anything in can the happen. end. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, but it is, it it is kind of cool. I don't. 
I'm definitely not against um, this uh, this this new Snyder Batman. And by the end of this issue, I'm feeling a little more comfortable calling it Batman and not calling it the GCPD Batbot. Well, they've given us an explanation. I suppose, yeah. And that's all we really wanted. I guess that door is closed now to us. It's true. So we have to, we're forced to continue. Or just stop reading the book. You know, it's it's true. You have to accept it or stop reading the book. That's always Um, the law. Although there was no sign of the Batbot in this book. No, he had uh, a suit on Yeah, but Gordon in his inner... Suit, I love they, they, had a, they had a thing where he was getting into a building. What he did was he, if I understand it correctly, <laughs> this is cool. I don't know. No, yeah, 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 so right. He puts his fingers against this pane of glass. Uh-huh. And what it does is it shrinks the molecules of the glass. Yes. So that he's still touching it and he can just pull the glass away without yeah. shattering it. Now, what's the line that he yeah, says when she tells up. him how it works? Uh, shrinking the glass. No need to cut or shatter the pane. Um as to which Jim Gordon Batman says, with great stickiness comes great responsibility. That's net as hell, you guys. I Hello, like that. Snyder. That's, that's nicely done. I like that. Uh, A-Force, another book we continue to uh, thoroughly enjoy. Beautiful art. Love the art in this one. Especially the Nebula girl. They still, yeah. put, they still put little question marks. Isn't that what her name is going to be? Nebula? I think I heard that someplace. I want to say... You, no, it's some kind of like person. it's it's something like some astronomical name yeah. that's fairly common. I'm going to say nebula until somebody says otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, art by uh, Jorge Molina um, and this A Force, this the the Women Avengers, which I find it interesting, considering like in this book we saw a, a handful of the male characters we we know are Avengers. Yeah. We saw like Black Bolt, and we saw. A bunch of different dudes, and they're not Avengers. Like this book, so uh, I don't want to say forcibly because it's not it's it's too assertive, um, but with purpose makes the team all female, right? Which in some cases I would actually have an issue with, um, but considering the overwhelming other choices of all male books, yeah, a purposefully built female group doesn't bother me no, at all. No, it's, it's, There can be one every once in a while. Yes. That's totally fine. It's it's when the, the pool is very small. Yeah. Um, like, stuff. Yeah. Honestly, but, there's the Illuminati, and those are all dudes, and ever since then, I'm like, fine, you have your little boys party yeah. over there, and now we'll just have a bunch of girls over here. Fine. Yeah. Uh, so, Marie Bennett and um, Will, uh, Willow Wilson uh, continue the... Uh, the Adventures of She-Hulk and her team. Yeah. Now, yeah. before uh, where we left off last was they found the the portal, and inside the portal we saw a bunch of crazy stuff yes. uh, inside, which kind of made us question if this was um, if there were possible different dimensions to it because we saw a glimpse of the X X babies X uh, little Avengers little yes. Marvel yes, um, or if it's just a teleportation. So far, it seems kind of teleportation-esque. It definitely took her to some other area of Battleworld. Yeah, which kind of seemed um, a little uh, days of years of future past. Okay, yeah, it definitely was an Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. So, yeah, still easy to get those various dystopian <laughs> X-Men universes mixed up sometimes. A lot of them look alike. Yeah. Uh, but uh, after disposing of some quick Sentinels, uh, She-Hulk has to face off against uh, three Lady Thors, mm-hmm. keeping the uh, estrogen very high in this book. Yeah, and the um, Thors are telling her, you are where you are not supposed to be, and yes. now you are really in trouble. Shame on you. Yeah, and then fighting the Thors yes. makes it even worse, but that's just uh, icing on the cake at that point. Little, uh, little hustle and tussle. Uh, she jumps back through the porter back to uh, her own world, where I guess she's she's 
come to the conclusion that somewhere in Arcadia is a traitor. Because those Thors showed up way too quick. There's way too much convenience kind of going on. Someone is trying to bring down uh, Arcadia from the inside. Right. Now, there's a fun little uh, quick ruse from uh, Medusa, who is... Um, she's been vocal. Questioned. Yeah, she's been pretty vocal in disagreeing with She-Hulk's leadership a few yeah. times. So, a little bit of a red herring gets thrown at us, so to speak. Yeah. Not to mention the hair. You know, <laughs> her hair. That was awesome. a reference to her hair. Yes. Ah. <laughs> um, I, I really like this uh, this scene where Medusa and Nebula. Yeah, sure. Um, like Nebula is just kind of so enjoying her hair that Medusa. I guess can just release some of it. <laughs> this gives her a lock of her hair and calls yeah. her a magpie, which I like. I don't know what that term means. It's a bird that collects yeah. things, but it, it collects just anything. Like a raven? Or like a raven? A little bit, crow? but they, yeah, they always say, you know, if, if they call something a magpie's nest, you know, it's like a collection of things. Catherine, on her profile, says that she's something, you know, an artist with the attention span of a magpie. So oh, okay. it tends to go all over the place. Likes things. Yeah. Uh, so the, the battle continues into uh, Arcadia with uh, the Lady Thors, and resulting in um, the... What do you think? Death or just severe ouchiness to Medusa? Pretty dead to me, and everybody's very sad. Yes, yeah. I don't don't think it's sad. She's badly hurt. Sad. It looks like it's pretty final. I I don't know. It's it's comic books. (laughs) I could be wrong. Yeah, she could come back next week. She got hit by uh, some some Thor uh, electricity, which is definitely um, hardcore. But, I don't know, like, I always see Medusa as a pretty tough broad. I guess, but then I also forget that lightning is really dangerous, you know? People get hit by lightning a lot in comic books, but in real life, she would have been dead many, many times There's ever. plenty of people who have lived through, um... Storm hits people with lightning all the time. All the time. She could totally be killing every single person she touches, but then there's always some explanation. <laughs> Thor, Thor's a mass murderer. God. Uh, oh, flipping through the pages. These are two uh, Thors we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler and Colossus Thor. Ah, oh, nice. But we see our Falcon Thor again with the multiple wings, which is... Yeah. I love that design. It's pretty badass. It and then we get to see uh, white-haired Storm with the cool um, tiara like, that she wears. Well, kind of Wakanda yes. Thor. Yes. Or, um, Wakanda Storm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so essentially, uh, she's spreading her A-Force um, out to defend the city. As She-Hulk um, will do her best to find out who the traitor is uh, and reveal whatever things are kind of coming coming to light. Yes. Uh, to, one, save her own name and also save Arcadia. Yeah. But she knows the Thors are coming and they're coming for her. She's yeah, done as being Baroness. She Arcadia, really which is like, I guess, the best place you could possibly live in, yeah. in all of... Um, Battle world, yeah. it's finally going to see some 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 action. And there's definitely a general alert that went out. I mean, people yeah. are getting out of their beds, getting suited up. Everybody's ready to do their thing. But then Nico, who has been friends with Nebula, uh, says that Nebula really, you know, is appreciated. Everybody's trust. She can say a word or two here or there, but she says Nebula wants to help. And then we get that final splash page mm-hmm. of Nebula sort of like tendrils are sort of coming off to her, sort of opening up into a sky. So I think yeah. I think she's sort of making herself into a portal, I guess. It seems like it, yeah. yeah. Uh, She-Hulk just kind of starts going in uh, on the page. And I 
she's going to go someplace. Yeah, I she'll, guess. she'll go. Yeah, she's yeah. definitely disappearing someplace. So so, the yeah. story will will most likely split from there, and we'll see the uh, the the A Force defending Arcadia, uh, while separately we see uh, She Hulk uh, trying to find out uh, who wins. But like the the art from Alina, the 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 writing. I love this She-Hulk. Yeah. I, I love the way she's written. Um, I'm really hoping that, uh, that Marguerite gets more She-Hulk in the future. We've always said that we don't think that She-Hulk can support a standalone book. Mm-hmm. We say that she is a team member. But this is like the best way. She is a team leader. Yeah. And maybe that's what we've been missing. Maybe why that's why, you know, all this time we just wanted She-Hulk to be in charge. So, yeah, totally see it. Really so, um... A-Force is one of the books that uh, gets to continue past uh, Secret Wars. Um, hopefully, Marguerite Bennett uh, and Willow Wilson, both from Bucket, um, continue. Because I, I just feel like this is this book has a perfect blend of creative uh, forces yep. that just make a damn good comic Absolutely. Uh, Planet Hulk number four came out last week. It's another book that just comes out rapid fire, you know? Yeah, we had to wait forever for, like, two or three. And now between three and four, it's it's just been a matter of weeks. We were just talking about how the last one kind of felt like a filler. Yeah. Like, two and three could have been cut down to to one book. Yeah. This one, I thought the first three quarters of the book seemed a little fillerish as well. A lot of talking about... A little bit, but at least it was pretty consistent action as well. It was, and it was talking a lot about, you know, in the the Greenlands, there's just, there's no, I mean, they're, they're, what are they mining for? Vibranium? I think so. Yeah, and Steve was just like, why isn't this land, like, rich beyond belief? It's because they're just, everybody works and everybody is held down. I mean, I don't think he necessarily has any respect for Hulks, but he's starting to feel a lot of pity for him. Yeah. Um, Greenland, uh, or at least this area of Greenland, is ruled by the Red King. And Cap kind of comes to the conclusion that the Red King is just holding down all these other Hulks, like, so firmly. They might not even have... The, the the wherewithal to realize that they are mining such wealth. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they might not even know that they're rich. No, I don't think they do because they I mean, don't look it. They certainly don't. I mean they're very tribal, they're very dirty. It's all mm-hmm. he said something like everything is filth or whatever. Yeah. But um but he didn't really ever seem to have much quarrel with the Red King before because he just wanted or to free he, Bucky. He didn't know how to, he's like, I don't want to kill you. I just want to get Bucky out of here. That's yeah. But, um, he, he fights his way through um, kind of freeing himself with the help of uh, Doc Green, who kind of like pops up uh, to, to save Cap uh, at the last minute. Also, Devil Dinosaur pops back up, too. Yes. So that, that was cool. That was Good fun. old Devil Dinosaur. Yeah, because Doc Green was like, he's abandoned you. And I was sitting here when he said that. I was like, no, he wouldn't. No, never. That's not never what he would happen. They are, they are war-bound, damn yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and they, yeah, Devil Dinosaur shows up. Lots of big action. Little beep in the minute, or in the middle, uh, where Doc Green is talking to, to Cap... And I feel that there's a moment where, um, yeah, where Green is going to reveal something personal, yep. something that's he's been holding back from from Cap, something very important, and he doesn't get the opportunity. Right. He um, Devil Dinosaur kind of pops up, makes a mess, and and Cap is is off again. Do you? 
Do you have an idea of what that might be? Do you have a theory? I really don't because I've almost started to tune Doc Green out because he talks so much. I feel like I'm on Steve's side at this point where it's just like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 whatever. So, no, I don't. Do you? Um, Not entirely. Um, We're we're talking... Sorry, motorcycle. (laughs) Hi, motorcycle. Uh, Where it's all kind of stemming from is when Cap is confronting uh, Doc Green and says, you weren't born Hulk. Uh, Who were you before the Gamma? Essentially giving the readers the idea, okay, well, this wasn't always this. Right. So who could he be? Uh, I think as far as story structure goes, it's usually someone you've already mentioned. Right. So could be something about, something just makes me want to say Bucky. Well, before the end of the book, I might have agreed with you. Mm-hmm. Well, no, come to think of it, that would be a way to get around the ending of the book. Yes. Which, giant big- spoilers right now, in case you don't want to get spoiled, this is a big piece of information. Just that he finally... <laughs> okay, I'll go. Yeah. yeah. He, he started it. He finally meets up with the Red King, and he's telling you, look, I don't... I'm not interested in killing you. Mm-hmm. I just want to get Bucky and take him back. And the Red King thinks this is hilarious because the Red King says, I sent Bucky's skull back to Doom months ago. Yeah. Bucky isn't my prisoner. And he holds up his arm. He's like, yeah. he's my trophy. And I was like, whoa, holy yeah. crap. Oh, wow. So not good. So that would, they would get around that if Dot Green was actually Bucky. Yeah, the, the, the Gamma would... Heal him. Yeah. Because we know Hulk has incredible healing uh, regenerative powers. Even up to losing a head? See, now that would have to be a lie, though. Okay. That part would have to be. uh, Yeah, so if if in any Hulk that exists ever, if you cut off their head, they would die, right? I would assume so. It would be really hard to do, I'm sure, but I'm always sort of like, that would, that, they couldn't survive that. I hope they can't survive that. That'd be creepy. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, the Hulk's regenerative power goes that far. Now, okay. Wolverine and Deadpool's have. Yeah, I know. But Wolverine's like what regenerated from a from toenail like a or something. Cell, yeah, yes. Yeah. Bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, now I don't know if I'd put money down that Doc Green is actually Bucky. Um, I think I don't think Doc Green is quite acted appropriately. Mm. Um, Doc Green definitely knows who he was. Yeah. Um, and I think it will be someone who's been close to uh, to Cap, right? Um, but uh, I, hope, I don't necessarily know. Who I yet. hope Bucky's not actually dead. I'm yeah, afraid that he probably is. But this more and more often, the idea that Bucky, this Bucky, and this Steve might have actually had a romantic relationship. Just the way Steve talks about him just seems more and more likely. Yeah, and I would we have a flashback too that I feel. Uh, I, I, as I was reading it, I was kind of just waiting I for know. the confirmation. And I don't know if that's because so long back, yeah. I said that I heard a rumor and now we've been looking for it. No, I don't think it was just from the rumor because I was watching and it's getting closer and closer. I'm like, now kiss. No, but it didn't happen. But I'm just like, I would be so proud of Marvel if they just went for it. Yeah. You know, just go, just do it, you Such guys. Such a high-profile character as My these two God. who have been in movies. Just just alternate version out there. They're lovers. And the, the shrieks from the Bucky Cap shippers out there, you yeah. will be able to hear it around the world. I can't Pinterest remember, would blow up. I can't remember what that ship is called. I know that if it's Tony Stark and Captain America and... Um, 
Bruce Banner, that's called Stark Spangled Banner, which yeah. is one of my favorite ship names ever. But I can't remember what Bucky Cap or Bucky Steve something. Um, Some of the the fanfic readers are probably yelling at me because I think it's a really obvious name, but I don't remember what it's called. I don't know. You know, but it's a thing. It's a really big thing. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I'll be here forever trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, blah, 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 blah. Action Comics number forty three. This is the Superman that we've been waiting for. Like it's fun. all through uh, all through New Fifty Two, which admittedly we have not read a lot of. Poked her nose in once in a while. Didn't like what we smelled. Backed out. Yep. No skin off our back. No. Um, but in giving the chance in this new DCU YOU of checking in on characters, um, Greg Pak and uh, Aaron Cooter have been giving us the humble Superman who is just the, the, the Boy Scout that we've always, that we've been missing. But at the same time, I you know, I've never had an attachment to Superman, mm-hmm. mostly because I thought he was too much of a Boy Scout. And I think it was the all-powerful nature that threw me mm-hmm. off as well. I'm like, oh, he's a perfect good guy and yeah. nothing can hurt him. He's, well, that's boring, you know? Is it like he has nothing really to risk because right. he's so powerful right. that... He's not afraid of going into a fight. Right. And now we've got a guy. I mean, I didn't know this at first. You know, the reason why he's been wrapping the scraps of the cape around his fists is because the cape is invulnerable. Has mm-hmm. that always been a thing? I didn't know that. Um, pretty sure. It's, it it's always been sense. pretty invulnerable. I mean, it, it has gone through some shit. I, I would imagine, yeah, if you're the type of person who's stopping speeding bullets, your cape should probably stop speeding yeah. bullets. So you're going to be replacing it all the time. So, yeah, yeah. But he's wrapping around his fingers so he can punch things without hurting himself. He's yeah. still very strong, very fast, but not invulnerably strong, not ridiculously fast, yeah. you know? Um, and his mindset, too. I mean, he basically got goaded into a fight at the beginning. You know, he mm-hmm. can... People can make him lose his crap, you know? Yeah. So this is this like his, is a more human Superman. His captions, his inner monologue through through this book, especially the first half when he's fighting, he goes maybe not full strength to what he has available to him, but too much for a human being. Yeah. He goes and he punches a police officer. Yeah. Now that police officer turns out to be a shadow monster. Thank which God. Which I also really liked because Greg Puck doesn't let Clark off by like, oh, thank goodness that was uh, that was a monster, and then leave it at that. Once he once the, uh, the monster actually gets away, he says uh, in his own, in his own monologue that he is filled with relief mm-hmm. and shame. Yes. Because he knows he went too far. Yeah. It doesn't matter that he got lucky, yeah. which he admits to, that he got lucky that it turned out to just to be a monster and that could take that kind of damage. Um, because he didn't know that no. when he wound up and threw that punch. He thought he was hitting a human, yeah. you know, on every level. So, And everybody else, of course... Who doesn't have that internal monologue? They're like, "Oh, you knew he was a monster. Yeah. Good for you." That's and, and we only, were worried for a second there, you know. And only a couple people hear him say that he just got lucky. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. That's it's like a Superman with a conscience, I guess. You know, with a more. Um, but he's got a reason to have a conscience. With a more conscious conscience. Yeah. Like, he never really had to have one before because he's Superman. He he's, does everything yeah. good. He's always been a good guy. He's been. A jerk. Short and jerky. But he's always been a good guy. Now, 
he's the people's hero. He's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's ground level, like Morrison kind of wanted him to be, but now with an easier delivery system of Greg Pak yes, writing the words. Exactly. And the art, I mean, there's a great splash page when he's talking to the people, his new neighbors. He's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's he's a great speech. realizing everybody, you know, it's been, it's been said before, but he's kind of a target now. Now yeah. that people know Superman is back... But now this is a Superman we could actually take a chunk out of. And yeah. so they're targeting him. And in response, they're going to end up going after the people he cares about, the people yeah. who live. They're going to turn his neighborhood into his, a war zone. His supporters, his, his Kentville. Yeah. He's, he, he says, I'm not at my full strength. I can't protect you all. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's best if, if you left. But for those of you who stay, you have to protect each other as well. Yeah. And it's this great two-page splash where... He's just one section of one page, and it's yep. pretty much just this crowd of people all around, and he says, you're all Superman now. I, and the people just take that and just charge up. Yeah, because they're talking about, you know, hey, I work as a nurse. That's a great idea. Does anybody else yeah. work in the medical field? Let's go over here. Let's get night watchmen people over here. But the art on that splash page is just another one of the things where I feel like you could probably just... Hi, car. You could probably just spend... We're talking about Superman, car. Come on, Shit. come on. Have some respect. God. Um, you just spend ages just looking at all the little details. I mean, like the, the yeah. stripes on people's shirts, and some people wearing flip flops, and it's just you can see a little bit of a tattoo over there. I mean, and these people are so enthralled; they yeah. they are listening to every every word that Clark gives to these people. Yeah, it's great. This is a good issue. Yeah. Really, I was very. I mean, this is if Superman really, had been like this for a while, I would have been reading it. For I'm really while. enjoying this yeah. man of the people because he's even now that the secret's out. He's asking people to call him Clark. Yes. He's he's not asking to be a figure. He's asking to just be a man who is more than a man. Right. He tied his cape around that one woman whose name I cannot remember. The cape doesn't have healing properties, does it? No, it doesn't. It's just to stop the blood. That's all. I was just... He he uses one of the shrouds of his cape to tie a tourniquet around uh, this officer who... Greeted him to Kentville, who was who had his back when he was down. Um, and also seems like a real no nonsense check too. Yeah, yeah, she's she's, she's legit. She's legit. So I mean, if if you guys have been wondering, you know, you want to try Superman, you want to, really, you just want to read a Superman book that makes you feel good about Superman, then go back to uh, Action Comics 41 and collect 41, 42, and 43 because this is a really great story. It's been very fun and. Chances are, probably go back before Convergence to uh, when Greg Pak was doing those books. Probably still pretty good, too. Probably. I was hearing good things. It was just the issue 41 in the DCU that gave me the jumping on point yeah. uh, to, to do so. Uh, so, uh, rapid fire, real real quick. Years of Future Past. Um, Lots of words. A lot of words going on. Um, and I like words, I, too, but I it's feel a like, bit much. I feel like I missed something. Yeah. Wolverine's son isn't Wolverine's son. It's Kitty and Colossus' son with uh, Catherine, and they split the, ch- the two apart, because I guess if you have the two youngest kids next to each other, it's kind of a greater risk. If one happens to one, something happens to the other. But then you've got Magneto, who's been risking his life to save these kids forever and ever, and he's been doing everything in his power to make sure they stay safe, except for the fact that he programmed a sentinel to destroy them. He's what? A bad guy. He's and a good guy. He's a bad guy. I can't keep track. That's Magneto. Yeah, That's yeah. Magneto. Um, it's, it's definitely still holding to the same tone uh, as it did before, and it's still good, but it kind of... 
I felt it wobble on the rails in this issue. Yeah, it's always it's it's always been because Cameron kind of goes yeah, backwards, yeah. and he's like, "All the mutants should die. We're abominations. Yeah. Like we don't belong here." Yeah, and then it's just it's a very weighty book, and I just don't know. That it, it is, it, yeah. The weight is starting to throw the balance yeah. off. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an interesting read, sort of, kind of. I don't know. I, I don't I don't hate it. You know, yeah. I can say that about any secrets. I, there's no Secret Wars books that I hate. But it's, this one's a bit of a slog. The dialogue is still good, too. And that's Marguerite Bennett. Like yeah. we said with uh, A-Force, she's just so talented in writing natural dialogue. Yes, very much. Yes. So it's it, it it's the story and the plot that feels heavy, yeah. not necessarily, yeah. you know, trogging through word balloons. The character development, great. Character development is always good. So yeah. but it's just what's being done around the characters. I'm like, I don't know. Ghost Racers. Uh, now, this one I did not get to read, so you are going to have to uh, lead us Just through this one. real quick, it's the same. It's very similar to all the other ones with a kind of almost pseudo-manga art. Um, our main character, a ghost writer, has gotten away. Robbie, who's the fan's favorite, but of course... Um, uh, Arcade, Arcade has yeah. turned against him, mostly to make money. And... Robbie and his igniter spirit managed to get out, and they managed to get onto the streets, but Arcade released all of the other ghost racers after them. Chase them down? Right. Nice. And he talked them down. So that was... Oh. He, he talked them... So we're looking, we're looking at a uh, uh, ghost racers against uh, the, the Kilisseum? Maybe, though, by the... Do you want me to give it away? Go ahead. We've okay. spoiled yeah, everything so else. Well, not what we spoil you guys, but we <laughs> yeah. warn you. I haven't given you that enough would, That would be unfair you know, so. if we would so willingly spoil them but not spoil ourselves. Okay, that's true. All right, that's true. So he does talk them down. Mm-hmm. I think it's the guy who's the centaur one is first <sighs> on his side. Centaur goes. It really looks awesome. Um, and they all, you know, they're like, yes, okay, you're right. We've been fighting against each other. We shouldn't be doing this. They let him go, but they very calmly allow themselves to be captured and put back into the awful torture room again, mm-hmm. where the torturer is talking to Arcade and is like, well, Robbie is still out there. You don't seem angry. And Arcade's like, Robbie hasn't escaped. We've got him exactly where he wants to, where we want him. And you see Robbie break into his apartment because he's going to get his little brother back and escape with him. And he catches sight of the TV, and they're introducing the very, very newest of the Ghost Racers, the youngest ever, Gabriel Reyes. And here he is with tears coming down his face and everything, and he's in some kind of weird contraption on fire. So, yeah, he looks pretty freaked out. Everybody's freaked out. Very depressing ending. So Yeah. yeah. I imagine they could wrap it up in one more book, though. Heroes can't have a family. They cannot have people no. know about him. And he was no. had a very public face, taking his brother out to see the sites and everything. Sure. So They're just yeah. targets. Yeah. So, Never ends well for a hero's family. No. So, yeah the, yeah, the torture room is really awful, by the way. There's even some tentacle action going on Ooh. at one point that was disturbing. Yeah, I was like, mm, no, don't Zoinks. like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's that. Ghost Racers number three. Yep. Uh, so if there are any books that we have not talked about, which there are many, guys, if there are ones that you felt uh, need to be brought up, uh, need to be talked about, uh, go ahead and write us a little review. Let us know. We'll read it here on the podcast and talk it over. Yeah. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, um, Instagram. Um, DeviantArt. DeviantArt. Draw a picture yes. of, of your review. Yes. Draw a picture of us. Caricatures of us. We oh, will absolutely post that crap. Yes, that'd be we super will. Fun. Yes, we will. 
trying we've, not to be too mean, though. We've been we've been Legoized. Yes, we Le- have. Yes, thanks to Le- our, our Legomotivized, um, Legified, Le- Legified. Maybe, maybe thanks to Joshua. True. Thanks yep, yep. to uh, to our buddy Joshua, who yep. hope to see you at uh, NerdCon, everybody. Uh, NerdCon this Saturday, as of release of the podcast, this Saturday, Escondido. Um, I believe it's the Escondido uh, Art Center. Um, Cheap tickets, well worth the price of admission, guys. Uh, come out, check it out. Twelve thirty, Comic Issues hits the stage with Pixelated Geek, guys. We're gonna get uh, some of the other podcasters up. Uh, we're gonna talk about comic issues. We're gonna talk about movie issues. Two geeks in a podcast, binary system, and the Pixel Clicks podcast. We get it all. We're all gonna be up on stage uh, talking to you, looking to make some more friends and fans. All the work we're doing, guys, you know it's on uh, the website, comic-issues.com, part of that pixelatedgeek.com network I was just talking about, home of all kinds of things uh, from all kinds of um, people of all kinds of genres and things. Yes, we've got something for everybody. Something for everyone. Uh, so uh, that is it uh, for this week, everybody. I am Anthony Silva. Elizabeth Wallace. And good geeking. See you Saturday. Yeah. Yeah.